This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And yours truly, the sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor, here with you on this uh, Saturday. Uh, cold. Yes. Cold, Charlie. A little bit on the uh, nippy side. Oh, you got that one right. <laughs> yes, indeed. Winter's coming. It's a good thing. Oh, and thank you so much. Well, not thank you. No. Thank your daughter, Sydney, for uh, making these absolutely gorgeous cookies. Yeah, to See, die for. We, we, we left some of them in the other room, which was a foolish mistake because <laughs> our producer, Dave Gaskin, is already going through them. I know. Uh, You're going to be deeking out, I think, what, in between. What are, what's in it again? Um, okay, what's neat about these cookies is that they're, most cookies are flour in them. Yeah, right? yeah. There's yeah. no wheat flour. These are all made with almond flour, oh, wow. chocolates, and um, there's some hot chili peppers in there. Yeah, it gives so, kind of a little tang. That's right. So they got a little zing and a sweet. Boy, and they're they ever, chewy. They're really chewy. Yeah, they're really like oh. they came out of the oven like last night or something. But they well, didn't. I think I should set up a meeting with your daughter Sydney and then uh, get a business going We've here. We've been know? talking to her about just yeah. that, you know. Yeah. She's currently unemployed, so I was saying oh, she's well. baking and decorating for <laughs> Christmas and you know having a lot of fun with it. But it's like you know, okay, maybe we could turn this into a money making venture. Yeah. Sure. Because, oh gosh, date squares to die for, all kinds of good stuff. Well, I gotta, I've got about half a cook here. I'm saving until uh, till a little later on in the show and take a commercial break, and I'll be munching. To that. Oh, okay. I better give the phone numbers to Charlie, okay? Uh, and here's uh, the number for Toronto area listeners for Charlie Dobbins Garden Show 416 360 0470 or 0. Uh, point of my saying, <laughs> zero seven forty. Gee, I, I've written it backwards. Lots guys. of zeros. Yeah, and <laughs> now if I confuse you enough, uh, the long distance number I've got right one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. And the mantra: call early, call often. One question per call. And you know you can always put that number that either of those numbers that Frank just mentioned into your speed dial, and then, of course, you don't have to memorize the number and punch it in. Just hit, yeah, yeah, exactly. hit whatever that memory number is and give us a call. And the call early call often is for a good reason. Often it's a bit slow at the beginning, and for sure we get to the end and people don't, we yeah, don't get to everybody. That's right. That's so right. Uh, always happy to hear from you. Uh, questions about the garden, uh, thoughts, things you want to share, ideas, tips, uh, solutions to problems that you've come up with. Uh, we're always happy to hear what's going on. Going on in your garden. Exactly. And a couple of things just to share. Obviously, we're at that season of gift giving and Christmas and Hanukkah and all that just on the horizon. So a couple of things to think about if you've got a, you're looking for a gift for mm-hmm. the gardener in your life. Um, at the Royal Botanical Gardens, they have a very large educational program. So they have something called public programming. Uh, now, they have courses for the gardener, mm-hmm. courses for the nature lover, uh, they have courses in botanical art and crafts. They have uh, courses in plants, people, and wellness, and also 
more courses in kids, families, and teachers. So, you know, a curriculum-based for the teachers, obviously, Mm -hmm. um, home-based schooling. Sometimes there's homeschooled kids that use these courses at RBG. So bottom line, very interesting, lots going on there. Um, These obviously do cost some money, but they are a very thoughtful gift for somebody who wants to learn. So to give the gift of RBG public programs, go to their website, www.rbg.ca. That simple. Another thought for um, great holiday gift is Canada Blooms tickets. That's just around, well, just around the corner. For me, it feels like it's just around the corner because (laughs) I start working like crazy on Canada Blooms back in September. Uh, The show, of course, is in March, opens on March 16th, and for this year, for the first time ever, will be a 10-day show. So lots of opportunity to go to the show. It's in Toronto at the Direct Energy Centre, which is exhibition Mm -hmm. grounds. Now, the show tickets are on sale now on the web. Buy now and save $3 off general admission for and for seniors or student tickets. The regular price for adults is $20. Seniors are $17. Students are $16. Children 12 and under are free. But buy now, save $3 on any of those prices. Uh, so online at www.canadablooms.com or at the Toronto Botanical Garden gift shop. They uh, make great stocking stuffers. Well, there you go. That's a neat little idea. Thank and, you. Uh, we're, we're just at that point of needing extra little tips on how, uh, what, what to get. That's you know? right. And, you know, it's always nice to give give cool gifts to people that are going to appreciate them, you know, things that they might not have get for themselves. Exactly. Like that beautiful shirt you're wearing. Well, thank you very much. It's a Christmas gift from my wife. It's lovely. <laughs> I couldn't stand it. I had to wear it. I can tell. Like, what do you guys do? You buy something, you don't even wrap it. You well, just take it out of the bag exactly. and start wearing it. It's very nice. That's true. Uh, I was always the one that I could never uh, keep, the, keep the Christmas gift surprise, I always tell. Anyway, uh, we better scoot along here. We have callers like crazy already here. So uh, we'll be back to talk to our good folks on the line here at AM 740 Zoomer Radio right after these words. Friends say she's down to earth, and that's usually where you'll find her. Welcome back to the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And Frankie Proctor here saying hi to George, calling in from Aaron this morning. Hi, George. Hello, good morning. Morning. Oh, I have a a little tree problem. I was just wondering if you might have an answer for me. Sure, what's the problem? Um, We bought uh, 10 acres about 12 years ago, and... and, uh, there was a whole bunch of little maple trees up at the back, maybe mm-hmm. around six, seven feet high, mm-hmm. so on. And I moved a lot of them down and planted them in various areas through the yard. Mm-hmm. And so this year, I guess they're probably about maybe half grown. So, well, some of them are about six inches, like the oh, trunk, yeah. about six inches around. That's mm, good. And what is happening, I've noticed this year, I never uh, didn't seem to happen before, that the bark on... Oh, maybe a half a dozen or eight of them is splitting, and there might be a split in the in the bark. Maybe one of the trees, I guess, about two feet long, and it's peeled back about, you know, two inches or mm-hmm. three inches, so that about a third of the trunk of the tree is exposed in the one spot. And I was just wondering, what would you know if you had an idea what would uh, what would be causing that? So it's almost like the the inside of the tree has grown faster than the bark, and it's split. The you know the bark is almost you know split like splitting off, like you say. Yeah. Uh, and a longitudinal line. Tell me something. Of the six or eight trees where you'd see this problem, 
Do you notice that that damage is happening on a particular side that's the same side of the 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 bark or of the stem of the tree on all the trees? Like, is it like the south side or the west side, or do you notice that at all? Is there any well, consistency? Not, not you mentioned that. I think it could be more towards the towards the west side mm-hmm. uh, on them, or the southwest, you know, the, the west of the southwest yeah. side. And they're, they're not all in the one spot. Like, mm-hmm. they're, it, it's not all the trees just in the one area. Like, right. it's, they're scattered about. It's a couple at the top of the lot and a couple mm-hmm. halfway down and then one farther down, you know. Mm. Yeah, so, but it, it does, as you mentioned, it seems to be mostly on the, you know, on the western to the southwestern side. Well, it's interesting because there is um, a very... Um, typical uh, kind of damage that can happen to to some trees, particularly trees that have a darker colored bark, so a darker gray almost, a or dark brown bark. And it is actually called southwest injury, uh, something that you could Google if you wanted to find more information, just literally southwest injury. And what it's attributed to is that in the winter, um, of course, as, like even now, everything is slowly but surely starting to freeze up. The ground is starting to freeze. And as the ground freezes, of course, the, um, you know, the water becomes completely immobile. Mm-hmm. And the trunks of the trees, there's liquid inside our, all of our sleeping, dormant trees. That freezes as well. But we don't see problems with that freezing because they've, you know, plants have evolved this kind of antifreeze thing and they, they don't actually, the crystals don't cause the cells to break. But... Come January, February, the days start getting, the sun starts staying up a little higher in the sky and starts being a little warmer. And what can happen, and what, you know, the, the assumption is, is that that late afternoon sun comes blasting in on a mild day, on, you know, clear day in February, March, onto the frozen bark of uh, frozen, you know, uh, stumps and and um, trunks, I should say, mm-hmm. of these dormant trees. And that that sun is quite warm. In February, March, uh, late in the afternoon, and it's coming right in horizontally, and it starts to thaw some of the liquid that's just there on the surface, just under the surface of the of the bark. Then the sun goes down, and of course the temperature plummets, and as soon as that happens, that liquid that has just thawed freezes, sort of flash freezes, and expands in the freezing and causes splitting in the bark, and it always happens on the southwest side. Yeah, because the trees all seem to be, you know, like... Uh they all seem to be still living. At least they mm-hmm. were in the fall when mm-hmm. the leaves were. So we're still on in that. They all seem to be fine, you know. Other than that, but I guess as long as it doesn't split all the way around, they should. Well, probably... it won't split all the way around. But what can happen is, like you said, the bark is it will start to peel off, and it can get very ragged, and then the wind can you know make it more ragged. So one thing you could do next spring or summer is go around to all these trees. Just make sure there's no loose bark. Trim anything that's loose, which if the bark is holding onto the tree, leave it alone. But if it's actually hanging off the tree, trim it nice and clean with a sharp blade. Okay. Um, watch, make sure there's no seeping and sap coming out of these trees because that can attract insects, which can then cause problems. To avoid this in the future, believe it or not, it's as simple as some white latex paint being painted onto the the bark of the trees in the fall and it just sits there all winter of course the rain and the snow eventually washes it all off but just that white or that light color will help reflect that sun away yeah okay how about that that's that's great well thank you very much for all that information you're very welcome yeah i I think that's probably what's going on anyway that's Mm -hmm. likely what it is yeah it sounds like it from what you said that's probably you know 
what's happening. So, but if they're healthy trees, it won't kill them. But it will; those will be permanent scars. Yeah. But but healthy tree will withstand, like will will seal and heal those wounds and withstand the, the issue. And as they get bigger, this doesn't happen as likely because the bark gets much thicker. It's when trees are younger that the bark is thin that this happens. Right. Right. Well, gee, good luck with that, George, and get that old paintbrush ready for the (laughs) (laughs) spring or summer. You guys have a great Christmas. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Happy holidays to you. 920, uh, right on the button, which means we have to take a little commercial break here, but we'll be back to talk with Merle from Toronto in just a couple of moments here on Charlie Dobbin's Garden Show. You supply the what and where, and she'll come through with the how. You're listening to the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. So I'm just talking about, with Charlie about that Southwest injury thing and saying, you know, if you know when the ice really sets in, um, if I slip and fall on the sidewalk and land on my uh, right cheek, that would be uh, a Southwest injury, wouldn't really? it? Are you sure that's yeah. West? I would think that's more East. But <laughs> we need to get you some of those little clip-ons for your boots with the, you know, allow you to hold on into the I'll ice. just wear my golf shoes. There you yeah, go. Yeah, there you there. go. Okay. Hey, Merle, good morning and welcome to the show. Hello, Merle. Hi, how are you? Yeah, good morning. Good. good, good. Happy holidays. Thank you. You too. I have a quick question. Mm-hmm. I'm a procrastinator with the bulbs this year, and uh, I just wondered if I can still plant them, or is it too late? You're in Toronto. Well, yes, your your ground is not frozen. No. That's your limiting factor when it comes to planting bulbs, particularly the tulips, is when the ground freezes, you are completely out of luck. But up until that point, if you can get out there today... I will. Uh, just get, you know, remember with the tulips, you want to get them down deep enough so that the bottom of the bulb is at least preferably five or six inches down if you can get that deep. The bottom of the bulb. That's right. Five or six inches down. Yeah, assuming that they're, you know, the big uh, hybrid they type are, tulips. They're, they're yeah. big. Yeah. And uh, what about containers? Can you plant them in containers or, or should it be in the borders? Uh, either. You can go right into containers. Keep in mind, though, containers above ground with yeah. tulip bulbs in them, are the bulbs are unlikely to survive. Okay. So if you do okay. want to go with a container route, and I've done this, where, you know, you take a big monster pot and you layer, it's layer all these different bulbs into a big pot, big ones at the bottom, little ones at the top, and then bury the pot for the winter and lift it up in the spring. And then it's just blooms for about six or eight weeks because all these different little bulbs and medium bulbs and large bulbs go through this whole transition. It's quite cool. Um, That you can do or the small pots with the tulips, but then into your fridge because you still need that cooling. So you can force them for indoor flowering, uh, though they might not be the best. Typically, we choose bulbs that will are good for forcing, which tend to be the shorter ones rather than the big, tall guys. Okay. So if they're super tall, much. I'd go right out into the ground. Okay. That, that sounds great. I'll get out there this afternoon. You're going to have to. Get on their long <laughs> underwear and get out there. <laughs> okay. Bye now. Thanks, Merle. Good luck with that. Uh, and Love this... those procrastinators. Wait till somebody calls in January. I've got two little balls. <laughs> <laughs> Not so much yeah. now, no. <laughs> Well, let's uh, make sure folks know what uh, numbers to call here to reach Charlie uh, mm-hmm. at the station here in Toronto, 416-360-0740. And then uh, long distance, it's toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. i got to do a quick little shout-out to buddies down the street here. We're, we're at Queen and River, mm-hmm. and just toward uh, the west, almost at Sumac, is Pete's Restaurant. And I always pop in there on Friday afternoons. 
to get a sandwich. And John says, I just Not love Pete. listening to you. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, no. He okay. took over the biz, I guess, oh, I got, a long time ago. <laughs> but he said, always listen to you and Charlie. So, hey, okay. John, Hi, John, good morning and thanks for listening. There you go. <laughs> Absolutely. That should earn me a free sandwich. You, you know? <laughs> would hope. Get two, one for me. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. Best Western sandwiches. Oh, my oh really? I mm. love Western. Well, let's say hi here to uh, Patty mm-hmm. calling it from Pickering. Oh, it all rhymes. Does not. <laughs> well, Patty and Pickering, I mean, not rhymes, but uh, it's, phonet- what am I calling it? Alliteration. Uh, okay, that's yeah. it. Hello, Patty. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Uh, good morning, and thank you for taking my call. Morning. Good morning, Charlie. Um, I have a cyclamen plant that, um, it has a lot of little um, buds down under the leaves, mm-hmm. and one that has shot up way tall and looks like it's going to open, mm-hmm. but it's been there all week and it hasn't opened. Is there something that I have to do to get these little buds to bloom? Uh, where have you got it right now? Where is it located? It's in a west window. Okay, so on like on a window ledge or a table or something? It's on the window ledge and there's um, an electric heater underneath it. Okay, so that's your problem. It's, it's the heat? Yep. Okay. The west window is good because it, the cyclamen likes a bright spot, mm-hmm. but what it doesn't like is the heat. Okay. The, the happiest cyclamen, for the best blooming and the longest lasting blooms, you really want it to be about, ooh, 15 degrees, you know, 55, 56. Like, you really want it down around 60 degrees. All day? Fahrenheit. All, well, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Even cooler at night. But okay. the cooler the temperature, the better your, your chance of blooms being formed and fulfilling their destiny and lasting as long as possible. Also be careful with watering cyclamen. Always water into the saucer that you have below rather than in the top because there is a a tendency to rot. The the corm or the tuber that the cyclamen is growing from Mm -hmm. tends to catch the water and it, it can rot right in the pot. Okay, that's good advice. Okay. And should I give it some um, fertilizer when it's um, at the blooming stage? Yes, you can. You can, for sure. Which is a a good flowering plant fertilizer, you know, mixed up in your water when you're watering. Good idea. Uh, Not too often, at the most, once a month. Okay. But uh, certainly when plants are actively growing and flowering, it's an excellent idea to consider fertilizing. Okay, that's great. Thank you so much. Good and stuff. have a happy holiday. Thank and you. The same you too, Patty. Patty. Thanks. Bye. You are listening to AM740 Zoomer Radio, Charlie Dobbin and the Garden Show. Frank Proctor alongside here. Being and my the best sous chef ever. Yes, and before we, uh, before we wind up the show today, I just want to make sure that We're folks, nowhere near winding I up. Know, We're not even I halfway through. I want to make sure people have a piece of paper and pencil handy. I'm going uh. to be coming along with a website and a phone number mm-hmm. that uh, hopefully folks will use to help out the Scott Mission. We're into our third annual Holiday Hope Fund drive here to raise money for uh, the less... Uh, fortunate mm-hmm. in the city, uh, disadvantaged folks. So I'll tell you a little bit more about that later in the show. But get a piece of paper and uh, pencil handy. Okay, there you go. Move. I know. Thank you. Thank you. Do what you're told. <laughs> <laughs> Captain Frank, oh. Patrolman Proctor. <laughs> all right. Oh, she's on to me. Uh, Dennis in Dundalk. See, it's all alliteration this morning. I, I guess. Dennis and Dundalk. Oh, we've ruined it. Christmas cactus. Oh, no, they're another alliteration. <laughs> Hello, Dennis. How are you? Very well, thank you. Now, I know I shouldn't be nasty because it's Christmas time, <laughs> oh. but I have a couple of retarded Christmas cactus. <laughs> <laughs> what they do, they bloom around New uh, Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. 
and then they're dying off. They're just about dead now. Mm-hmm. And then come Easter, mm-hmm. they will then bloom again. <laughs> Maybe they're Easter cactuses. Oh, Lord only knows, and he's not telling anybody. <laughs> well, there actually is uh, a plant that is different from a Christmas cactus that is an Easter cactus. Very similar, but slightly different, and only blooms really at Easter. Oh. But I think your Christmas cactus, you know what's going on? It's because it said it, they the plants are setting their blooms as they should, as the days get shorter and the nights get cooler in September or late August. It sets the buds. And then, of course, the flowers open in October and that's all done by December. Oh, I see. So, so your I... challenge is to don't, uh, it'll set the buds, but don't let them open. You've got to keep it cooler, like uh-huh. much cooler, to keep it in bud through October, through November, and then have the, the flowers open in, in December. Actually, what I should do now is apologize to the plants and blame my wife for getting the wrong plant. No, no, no. The plants are probably fine. What I would do is, can you leave, do you leave them outside in the summer? No, we keep them inside on a, on a flower um, uh, thing. Yeah, uh, like, a, like a stand or a... a stand, yeah. 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 And uh, what we do also, and this will maybe help some other people too, with all our flowers, we give them cold tea. Ah. And that'll bring them around. She used to work in a gas station, and the you know the fumes and everything would just about kill all the flowers. Yes. Bring them home, and I would feed them the or give them the uh, water, the tea to drink. Yeah. And then they would all seem to come back to life. Perk right up. Does it matter if it's Earl Grey or not? Or um, no, it doesn't <laughs> no. really matter. Oh. Oh. <laughs> They're happy any, with any kind. Any good old any good old orange pico tea. Well, you know why? Because there's all these great tannins and and there are all kinds of minerals in tea. And you're right; it can be a very something. People do the same thing with tea bags. They'll they'll sometimes pop those into their plants. Oh, so, all right. So what I would do if I were you is if there's any way you can keep those plants cooler through the fall, sometimes what we do is we'll put our Christmas cactus outside for the summer, and then instead of bringing them in at the first sign of cool weather, leave them outside, let them actually get a very light frost. You'll find they'll set even more flower buds by doing that. Uh Uh, But, of course, as soon as you bring them in, the nice warm temperatures in the house, all those buds will just want to to start blooming and and opening. So it's it's all in the temperature to Slow down. Keep them, try and slow, slow them down for Christmas as you're going to have to keep them cooler. Okay, I will try. Okay. <laughs> Thank you very much and have a very Merry Christmas. Yeah, the same thanks to you, for guys. your tip. Thank you. Bye-bye. Well, a lot of uh, good folks out there with a lot of good questions here this morning. Yeah, and good ideas, too. Ken in Scarborough, ready to talk about evergreens, Charlie. Uh, mm-hmm. Good morning, Ken. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, Good morning, Charlie. Good morning. Charlie, I want to bring some boughs into my home. And uh, I was just wondering, could you suggest the one that smells the best and stays the longest? Hmm. I want to just cut the boughs and I go to a nursery and then put them into a tall vase that I've got. Right. What one would you think would be the best? For the best aroma. Hmm. Because the ones that they have, they tend to have a lot of green cedar that they bring from the West Coast. It's nice and bright and emerald colored. Uh, and of course, cedar typically always smells great. Does it? Yeah, yeah. 
um, so a lot of times the pine that they'll have is a little, it looks like, it depends how fresh these boughs are. That's really the bottom line. When, when you buy them, sometimes they've been sitting outside of the store for a month and they're looking a little wizened and a little pale. So if your plan is try and get the freshest ones you can, preferably ones that are in water now, like they're for sale in water, yes. being treated like cut flowers. Yes. When you bring them home, trim the, the just like you would cut flowers before right. you put them into a, another vase with fresh water. Right. And I think you'll find that will help prolong them for sure. Junipers, I would concentrate on the cedars, the junipers, uh, for the best aroma. What, what about a balsam? Well, balsam fir, like the fir in general, are the Christmas trees we typically use are balsam fir. I have a Fraser fir at my house right now. And I find the firs can be very, very aromatic to start with. But when you're not touching them and handling them, they're not, they're not always so as noticeable. When people walk into my house, my tree is so perfect, they always think it's artificial because it's so symmetrical. And it's like, no, 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 that's a real tree. It, they can't smell it and it's so perfect, they think it must be fake. It's like, right. no, it's a real tree. But uh, uh, they're just so well trimmed these days at the Christmas tree farms that, they, you know, the, na- the natural trees, the real trees yes. look are, look so symmetrically crazy that they do look artificial, a faux, if you will. But um, so I, I do find as trees go, the, the firs are the best. But for boughs, like I say, I would concentrate on cedar and juniper. Okay, thank you, Charlie. Mm-hmm. And I wish you a very, very Merry Christmas. Oh, I thank you so much. And you too. Yeah, bye-bye. Bye-bye okay. now. Oh, well, everybody uh, really in the mood now. Yeah. We're going just a week away. And by the way, we're going to be on the air next week. We are. A lot of, lot of uh, people... Uh, expect us to yeah to... well they expect a lot of christmas music but yeah. no we're going to be singing here next yes. week. <laughs> no we're not singing we're going to be talking gardening <laughs> next week so don't just you know and... think that it's a day to go shopping or something no no, no stick around stick by the radio yes, because and... we're here and we're going to be doing our doing our thing next With saturday the, nine some to of that 10. thing might even be a little eggnog you never, <laughs> you never know. know yes indeed Nine thirty-three, <laughs> nine thirty-four, actually here on the garden show and uh Phone lines, 416-360-0740, and anywhere else in the province, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. And Len, pardon me, Leo, Leo is on the line from Toronto. Hi, Leo, welcome to the show. Hi, good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Charlie, great show, thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, I have a question for you. I have uh, a yellow hibiscus uh, plant that I had uh, the whole of summer uh, last uh, this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it flowered beautifully, so we dug it up and put it in a large pot, brought it in the house. And I thought it would go to sleep, but uh, it continues to flower, and <laughs> it's by a window with sunlight, so I don't know what to do with it now. Oh, what a problem. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great problem, but I want to keep it. <laughs> well, no, but that's good. Yeah. The fact that you've got it by a window is what's keeping it active. Okay. Uh, and, of course, when you brought it in, it was covered in buds, and you're yes. obviously giving it exactly what it wants, lots okay. of light. Uh, clearly, your humidity levels and your temperature, your watering, all of that is good. Your, mm-hmm. you know, your cultural practices are, are what the plant is looking for. Okay. So it's continuing to perk along. It's gonna, uh, those buds are not going to shrivel up and, and dry up and fall off. They're going to move through their, their process and open up and continue to be beautiful. At some point, probably in the next month or so, there will be no more flowers on it. It will just be a green plant. It will flower itself out, and typically the light levels outside coming through the window are not sufficient for the plant to continue to form flower buds. Okay. So once it just turns into a green plant, 
again, you'll continue to treat it as you have been, leave it where it is, water as necessary, turn the plant 180 uh-huh. degrees every couple of days or oh, week or so, okay. just keep it balanced. Okay. And by March, mm-hmm. get out your, your pruning shears and plan to do a fairly um, drastic pruning to that plant. Oh, excellent. This was going to be my next question. Yeah, so because... You answered it. Yeah, so enjoy the flowers while they're there. Uh, you know, be happy and enjoy the plant as it looks so good. But yeah. be prepared for a, a pretty radical cutback. Like I say, it could be early to mid-March that you do that. Okay. And then when it goes outside, once we're frost-free, of course, you'll have started fertilizing it again by then. Okay. And you'll get it out into the sun. When it sets all a bunch of flowers again next summer, mm-hmm. you won't have to do some big major cutting back to get it in the door. Okay. It, it will still be a size that is manageable to get it back in next yeah. fall. So you yeah. Can do you know have the same problem next next winter that you're having well, this I know winter? What to do with it then? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you so much. Oh, that's great. Thank Thanks for so calling, Leo. Yeah. And a Merry Christmas to you. you Leo. Too. All the very best. And thank you for sharing part of your weekend with Charlie Dobbin and yours truly, Frank Proctor, The Garden Show from AM740. Can I just... Yeah, you got a little something you wanted to get through there. I just wanted to mention, last week we had a call from Helen Mm -hmm. uh, and early in the show, and she was asking about uh, a journal, a source guide that I had mentioned or that she had heard about, and I didn't have it with me. Now, I did give the website last week, but I thought I'd bring it in just to show you, Frank, because it's such a great... It's such a great source book. It's it's a journal. So the idea is that you track your gardens. Um, so many of us, you know, we plant things, and at the end of the season we say, well, that did really well, and that didn't do so well, and I'll have to remember to get that one again. But, of course, six months later, next spring, yeah. we're going... Which I wonder which variety of of uh, you know tomato I like the best, or you know which was that um, you know zinnia that was so pretty. So this is a way to keep track of stuff, whether it's photographs that you mount into the journal right. or notes that you make. It is set up as a calendar, so that you, and uh, it has little tips, weekly tips. Uh, it's produced here in Toronto by Margaret Bennett Alder. It's called the Toronto Gardener's Journal. But it's not just for Toronto people. It's good for anybody in sort of southern Ontario. It's got websites, um, TV shows, radio shows, all kinds of sources, good gardens to visit. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just, it's a really cool, cool book, actually. And Margaret's been doing this for quite a number of years. And uh, this, I forget how many years she's done this book. Boy, it's a, it's special. It's science, though. No kidding, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, really, like every piece of it has got something going on that's very practical and very efficient. The the actual journal is available at several garden centers, uh, including Sheridan uh, Sheridan Nursery Garden Centers. Uh, out in Peterborough, it's available at the Avant Garden Shop or RBG, the floral shop. Everybody's sort of got it that way. But as well, of course, you can always get it on the web. And the website is torontogardenbook.com. So again, great gift for a gardener in your life when you're looking for something special, practical, and a real keepsake. Super idea for a little Christmas gift for mm-hmm. anyone who is into gardening in any fashion. That could be a real help. And it tells you right on the back, it's more useful than any tool in the shed. There you go. <laughs> hmm. The stamp of approval from Charlie Dobbin herself. I'll drink to that. Okay. Well, as a matter of fact, we're, we're going to take just a little bit of a break and come back to talk to uh, Thelma uh, in just a moment. First, we'll take a little break here, uh, David. All righty. Uh, Charlie Dobbin's Garden Show on AM 740. Hundreds of sources for tips on gardening, but you need only one. The AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin continues. And on a rather chilly Saturday morning, Frank Proctor bidding you welcome to the show. And Thelma from Ajax is on the line. Charlie, good morning, Thelma. 
Good morning, Frank and Charlie. Good morning. Uh, my question is to do with a cactus. Mm-hmm. It's a small, very small one that I managed to save from a large one, and it's just started to bloom with one flower. It's an unusual color. It's between a, a peach and a very pale yellow. Wow. And the leaves on it, very small and two stems, and they're very bent over, and I'm just wondering how I can straighten them out without breaking them. Is, is it a form of Christmas cactus, do you think? Yes. Oh, it is. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, well, but many Christmas cactus do grow almost like a, a hanging plant. You know, they sort of do sort of go up and then down over oh, yes. the, the edge of the pot. So I, I would at no time suggest doing any staking or anything like that on it. Oh. Uh, when you planted this little guy that you saved, did you plant it straight into the ground or was it on a bit of an angle? Uh, I plant, it's in a flower pot. Mm-hmm. And I tr- I tried to plant it as well as straight as I could, but mm-hmm. as it's growing, it it's it's bent over, and mm-hmm. I turn it around, but it doesn't make much difference. It faces the east all the time. Okay, but yeah, but do that turning idea is a good one, because even if you turn it and it doesn't seem like it's not ma- making much difference at all, getting the light onto the other side will encourage maybe another little branch to oh, emerge, I... so then it will be a more balanced plant. Because oh, you're I... right, Christmas cactus do tend to be very one-sided if oh. left to grow all, all you know, always in the same um, sort of orientation to the window. Oh, um, I see. The other thing is uh, the main if it, it gets soft and and you know. Uh, Droopy, be very careful about being careful to not overwater this plant. It's very easy to over overwater, oh. particularly when they're small plants like that. Yeah. Make sure the soil becomes very dry between waterings. Yeah, that could be. I think I may have overwatered it because the soil's fairly dry now. Okay, good. Let it. The soil be very dry before you water again. How often should I water it? Maybe every couple of weeks? It, it kind of depends on a couple of things. The temperature it's in, the amount of light it's in, even how big the pot is compared to the amount of roots. So is it in a little four-inch pot right now or is it something bigger than that? Yeah, or it's in, it's about a three-inch pot, maybe okay, good. four at the most. Okay, good. Yeah, so it's a, that's a really good size for you to be able to feel the surface of the soil or even feel the weight of the pot. So yeah. let the pot become quite dry, quite light between waterings. Mm-hmm. And then when you do water, water thoroughly so that the soil is completely saturated. And, of course, the water will run right through and out the drainage holes at the bottom, which is fine. Let the the plant actually, the pot, sit in a saucer of water for as much as 10 minutes. If there's still water in the saucer at that time, you can dump out the saucer. But you really want to do a good, good thorough watering when you water, but then a thorough drying in between. Oh, I see. And water it from the top. Yep, yep. Oh, that's great then. And that sounds like an amazing color, so that's very cool. That's, that's a neat yes, one to I've never keep. seen this color. A friend yeah. gave it to me, and I, I was hoping I wouldn't lose it. Oh, well, good. Well, don't lose it, because that is an unusual color, it so you want to hold on to that one. Oh, I'll do my best. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Charlie. Thanks, Thelma. And Frank, and have a Merry Christmas, and I enjoy your show very much. Thank you. Well, thank you. Merry thank Christmas to you. Thank you. With thank Merry you. Christmas in mind, yes, we're dear. one week away from Christmas Eve day. Yes, we are. And we'll be on the air, you and I. Have you finished your shopping, by the way? Just about. Maybe one or two little stocking stuffers to go. Always one more thing. Always one more thing. (laughs) But I I am among the the, the advantage, shall I say, that we we can afford to go out and buy some Christmas gifts and that sort of Mm -hmm. thing. But there are a lot of people this year 
who are going to have a, you know, a real tough time over the holiday season. So that's what the uh, Holiday Hope Fund is all about. We're under our third annual Holiday Hope Fund here in support of the Scott Mission. Uh, that's an organization that's been making a tremendous difference in Toronto's disadvantage for over 70 years. Mm. So what we're doing, Charlie, very simply put, is asking our listeners to help us make a difference this holiday season by supporting the third annual Holiday Hope Fund. And this is not only goes for AM740, but our sister station, Classical 96.3 FM. And we'll uh, help provide financial assistance to men, women, children in need and provide them with much-needed food, clothing, shelter, and, hey, let's not forget the children's toys. Mm -hmm. And here's how you can make a, a monetary donation by calling this number, 416-923-2400. That's 416-923-2400. Or you can even donate online, www.scottmission.com. And uh, we're, we're hoping to raise $20,000 this year. And i got to tell you, you know, the, mm. the economy is a little a lot shaky of out there. And so we're uh, just, uh, I think, just around the $7,000 mark. So we've got to really, you know, ask our listeners to dig a little bit deeper if you can. It and Scott Mission is two T's, right? That's S -C -O -T -T, correct. S-C-O-T-T, one word, mission. Right you are. Yep. Right you are. And, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be a ton of money, but mm -hmm. if everybody gave, uh, you know, a little bit. A couple bit, of dollars, yeah. Yep, it'll make a difference. And I thank agree. you very, very much. Okay. All right. Thank you. Well, now, here we go uh, with uh, Mary on the line from Guelph. Good morning, Mary, and welcome to the Charlie Dobbin Garden Show. Good morning, Frank. Good morning, Charlie. Good morning. Uh, I would like to find out about, I think it's a boxwood mm -hmm. that I have, a conical boxwood. Mm -hmm. uh, it has the little uh, tiny green leaves. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's the one. Shiny, yep. Now, but I, I am living in a very nice retirement community, mm -hmm. and they do my uh, garden usually in the fall, and they I have a lot of evergreens, mm -hmm. but this uh, boxwood is, has been burlapped, mm -hmm. and uh, last year they forgot to burlap, and mm -hmm. I had a lot less damage on the leaves in the spring, than when it was burlap. Mm -hmm. So what is your opinion? Should that have burlap around it and sewn on it or not? What direction does the does the boxwood face? Uh, well, let me see. It's south and uh, east and west, and the, the, the closest to the house is, is the north. Okay. So, and is it, it's at the front of the house, is it? It's at the front of the house. So it's getting that, more, like, southern exposure? Yes, it does. So it's a fairly bright, sunny location. It is a very bright, sunny location. So last year it wasn't burlapped, but it looked great in the spring, and the yes. year before that it was burlapped, and it didn't look so great in the spring. Yes, I had to cut a lot of, uh, a lot of brown leaves. Okay. Honestly, here's what, what I believe. When a plant, particularly an evergreen, is planted late in the season, like late, you know, in the fall or late in the summer, yes. and if it is a sunny, as in southern, or windy, as in western location, mm -hmm. it can be a very good idea to use burlap just for that first winter because the, the oh, sun... Oh, it's an old plant. That's right, and the wind can be very tough on the plants the first year, and right. it doesn't have a lot of roots. It's, it's a nice way to help it from dehydration. Right. Because evergreens, of course, are always respiring. They're never truly dormant. Now, in the case of a very established plant, been there for years, yeah. uh, it's got lots of roots, so it's you know not in any kind of situation where it's likely to, to dehydrate in the winter. As long as it's been well watered in the fall, 
before the ground freezes. Now, we had some great rain a couple of days ago, which was very good for saturating the soil. And the ground hopefully now will freeze and stay frozen. Then I would not burlap it. I would take the burlap off if there's burlap. That is the thing, the thought that I had, but I thought I double-checked. Quite often, burlapping it makes it worse because yes. if it's too yes. tightly wrapped, yes, cold is. air can get trapped inside the burlap okay. and actually cause more damage, as you've seen, because of the burlap blocks the air circulation. You can get cold pockets inside the burlap right. and death inside in areas. Right. Well, thank you very much. That is, I listen to your shows most of the time and when I can. And that's what I heard, that you were not really yeah. overly happy with the burlapping. That's so true. That's why I called. I wanted to make sure that I it works with the boxwood, too. So thank you very thank much you. for the help. Thanks for listening. I and, appreciate that. Yes, and have a nice holiday. And you, too. Thank Merry you, Christmas. Barry. Thank you. Bye-bye. Mary from Guelph. Well, and the Mm. other thing I didn't even mention to Mary, the other reason why we wrap or, you know, burlap or screen any of our evergreens is if you're near a road where salt might be spraying and the wind is carrying that salt up onto your evergreens, you definitely want to provide a shield from the salt. Excellent idea. Excellent Mm. idea. Thank you, sir. Yes, well, now, I think we should (laughs) progress to our next little commercial break here, seeing it's 9.51. I guess we better. We better do that, and we'll come back and have a word with our next caller in just a moment. Friends say she's down to earth, and that's usually where you'll find her. Welcome back to the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And I'm your sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor. uh, Delighted to welcome Enos to the show from Scarborough. Hi, Enos. Good morning. Good morning. I have a weird question for you. For the first time in my life, I have flies in the house. Mm-hmm. They're not the tiny fruit flies. They are big flies. Like Could how? Maybe cluster flies. Maybe. Um, they're not, so they're not small like fruit flies. They're flies? big. They're bigger than fruit flies. Oh, they're big flies. Big flies and lots. And they're of... always on the windows. And can they? Hmm. Come from the soil? Not that size. The ones that come from the soil are fungus gnats. Yeah, no, no, and no, they no, look a lot. Like, no. Yeah, and the fungus gnats look a lot like fruit flies in terms yeah. of size. These are big flies, and they're always on the windows. Huh. Uh, you know what? I don't. This is something I'm not that familiar with. I'm just doing a quick look here. What what a cluster fly is, and what cluster flies usually come alive. When um, the weather gets warm. Yes, exactly. And they're the ones that will emerge. Uh, yeah, they, they'll spend the winter in your attic and that sort of thing. Uh, uh-huh. Late. Well, it says, okay, flies are a nuisance. The adults emerge in the late summer or autumn. They enter your house to hibernate, often in large numbers. They're difficult to eradicate because they favor inaccessible spaces, such as roof and wall cavities. They're often seen on windows of little-used rooms. They're also sometimes known as attic flies. It could be, perhaps. Because the weather has been so warm. Mm-hmm, exactly. They could be confused, thinking that it's spring already. Yeah. Because all these, I mean, since 1971, we live in the same house. That's the first time that... Oh, no was... kidding, eh? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, but you're right. It's been that kind of a fall or something like mm-hmm. that could happen. What I would do is what I've done when I've had earwigs into my house. Um, it's the old get out the fly swatter and start swatting or use the vacuum. Yeah. And vacuum well, them up, but of course, you know, take yeah. the bag Well, I have out. a fly swatter right here all the time. Yeah, yeah. And even the other day, there were a couple of ants 
on the floor. Hmm. Now that you could, those little orange round ant traps. Yeah, I uh, they work. So yeah, I got them. Yeah. Get a couple of those and just yeah. put those because again, the mild temperatures uh, certainly could be contributing. Get the bugs confused as well. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. The plants for Scythia was blooming not that long ago because yeah, yeah. they thought it was spring. So for I sure, maybe it has, it has something to do with a bit of mm. soil because I have so many potted plants. Probably not. If you suspect that these are coming from your plants, the, no, the, no. the well, the one test is just it's just on the windows. Yeah. yeah. Well, just um, go to each of your pots. Either pick up the pot and put it down sort of sharply or bang the side of the pot with yeah. the palm no, of your I hand. Check the pots, there's yeah. nothing yeah. going there. Yeah, yeah no, Just I think you're right. Yeah. I think it probably is something that they've come in thinking, you know, good spot for the winter, and then it's mild, so they've emerged. Oh. So the more you kill, the fewer you're going to have to well, deal with in the spring. I've swapped them every day. Oh, I know. Pain pain <laughs> to do, but yeah, you got to do what you got to do. And, you know, they still have the old, it's ugly, but you know the old fly, well, sticky fly paper. Flies. That'll get them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that means they're ugly to hang up, but it works. Yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah. Thank well, you very much for the call, well, and good luck with the flies. You. Yeah, sorry to hear that, Enos. Best of the holidays to you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Okay, bye-bye. One final caller. We can squeeze in here, uh, Jacqueline from Pickering on the line. Good morning, Jacqueline. Good morning. Uh, good morning. I talked to you before about rhododendrons. Mm-hmm. I put um, a lattice work wood around them uh, with stakes, and then I took... Uh, the weed cloth and wrap that around okay. and filled it with leaves. But these are up almost to your armpit. So uh, we did talk that I do have little flower buds on mm-hmm. them after moving them so that the move was successful. Great. But does that part of the plant need to be covered with leaves? No, no, don't worry. If, if <laughs> okay. Yeah, because you, you, you know, you end up be you'll be building a condo around these things if you, <laughs> before you know it. Don't worry about that. The main thing is it's the crown of the plant, and the crown is where the stem and the roots come together. So that's way down at soil level. That's where the actual energy and life of the plant is. You want to keep it alive, and that's where that insulating leaves uh, will help just with air, right? It's only air that's going to keep the, the insulation properties happening there. The, the little um, sticking out the top buds, is it a super sunny spot? Are, are they likely to get burned in the wind or the sun, those buds? That's why I put um, the protection high enough that the wind shouldn't. Yeah, um, It is a good 10 feet away from the back of the house, so it isn't going to get the heat from the brick. Okay, and what direction are we facing at the back of the house? Unfortunately, we're facing west okay but our prevailing is northwest and this is due west is it yeah hmm. well that's a tricky one i would be inclined to say don't worry about it because the ground is nice and moist uh do ensure that the ground is nice and moist because all the winds in the world won't do any damage if there's lots of good moisture available to that plant right so, you know, we had some good rain. If necessary, go out and dump some pots of water at any point in the next month or so if we don't get real frozen ground. You know, once the ground is frozen, there's not much you can do. But pre-cold enough temperatures for truly frozen ground, continue to make sure that wa- the soil is nice and moist. And see what happens. If, if the problem, if you lose those buds because of the wind, then next year I'm going to recommend you do some pruning to bring the plant down to a smaller size in the spring so that the buds, when they're formed late in the summer, will be a little closer to the ground. Thank you so much. Okay. Okay, bye-bye. Thanks for your call. And thank you for joining us. And we've just got time really to, just in case there are folks heading off out of town, and I'm sure there are a lot of them you know, heading off to relatives and friends for the holiday season already. Uh, me, uh, on behalf of Charlie and myself, a very happy uh, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to you. Well, that's very sweet of you to do that on my behalf, and well, thank I you. Well, I thought I'd do that in case you forgot. 
It's true. But we will be here yeah. next Saturday. And yep. of course, for some of our friends, Hanukkah is coming as well. So we want to wish everybody happy Hanukkah and lots of good latkes this week. And uh, we'll see everybody next Saturday. Absolutely. And the boys are standing by right now. Continue talking about gardening, even exactly. though it's Christmas Eve. And they're yes. going to talk cars. Yeah. All right. David, so, David Gelman and David Gelman. Dave <laughs> there it is. And Alan Gelman. See, now you, you threw me. They're hybridized. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Have a great week. See you next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.